With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to an ACC podcast. This is going to be our week two rundown uh, in the ACC. And I'm Lauren Brownlow, since I always forget to say that, from WRALsportsfan.com and 99.9 The Fan in Raleigh. This week, I'm joined by... John Casillo. I thought I would have John um, from Noon's Magician um, on SB Nation. I thought I would have John a little bit later in the week as um, Syracuse was going to be hosting. Cle- well, they're still going to be hosting Clemson. The game has not been called off just yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, but instead, uh, instead, Syracuse went to Maryland, which I think I did think was going to be a tough game. I'm sure Syracuse folks did too. And um, instead of just losing a tight one or winning, um, got absolutely destroyed. Uh, John, hi. And what happened? Uh, well, see, I knew it was going to be a close game. I think a lot of Syracuse fans did too. I think the big issue here was um, when your athletic department is completely inept and schedules two games on the road. Um, even a couple of years ago when they knew they were probably going to be changing quarterbacks, um, that doesn't that doesn't account for, you know, turning over three of uh, five offensive linemen, replacing both of your linebackers. Um, the, the recipe was here. And then having two teams with new coaches and basically no game film to work off of, um, the recipe was there for this to happen. I don't think anyone expected either team to be able to blow the doors off the other like this. Um, mm. final score is a little deceptive. I would say the margins probably, I mean, it's still a blowout, but I would say the margins <laughs> probably closer to like 28 than like 43. Oh boy. Yeah. N- nonetheless. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, people were a little concerned against Liberty when we didn't necessarily like run them off the field and yeah. whatever people, whatever Mike Loxley saw on film there, um, obviously gave him a reason to just, you know, read option us to death on Saturday, which is what happened. So were we too, do you think we gave Syracuse a little bit too much benefit of the doubt in the preseason? I mean, I know for me, I did rank them. And part of the reason was, look, that's a 10 win team. That's extremely well coached. I liked what I saw out of Tommy DeVito uh, last season, whenever he was in and Dino Babers knows how to run a good offense. And I thought they would be improved defensively, um, especially up front more so than anything else. But uh, did we, we just gave them a little too much credit. Do you think maybe for what they did last year? I don't think so. I mean, obviously like, you know, SU scheduled itself into the ground for well over a decade. And then in the last couple of years has finally like come around to figuring out like, oh, if you play Clemson and Florida State, like at least one other good ACC team every year, maybe, you know, don't schedule Northwestern, Missouri, USC in the same non-conference season, which we did do ourselves once. Um, but like, I, I think the big issue here is that the, again, the offensive line, the fact that it's young, the fact that they're replacing so much experience. Um, I think we kind of expected them to be a little more gelled. Um, by this point and it hasn't necessarily happened and then the linebackers I mean people forget last year like at the beginning of the year until 
the North Carolina game, which was about midway uh, when we won game, our fifth game of the year, like the run defense was bad. And it was a lot because the, the linebackers just, you know, weren't inexperienced and they weren't good. And this year, those linebackers are gone. We have even less experience replacing them. Uh, the position's kind of thin, to be honest, and, and really thin on experience in general. So those guys were just caught looking pretty much like, I mean, Josh Jackson last week, any play action, they bit immediately. And, and that's how you had an entire middle of the field open on any pass he threw. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, so I don't think we were given too much credit as much as most reasonable onlookers thought, oh, okay, well, it's the same coaches, like front, top to bottom, same exact coaches. Yeah. So much experience back. There's a good chance that they're going to be able to figure this out. And unfortunately, I think us included as Syracuse fans um, thought – like forgot that we've only been recruiting at like a top 55 level over the last like decade. Yeah. And I saw this tweet too. And I don't think it's, I think it's worth mentioning as well that somebody was saying, you know, it's, it's tough to overestimate the impact of losing, you know, a four-year quarterback and a, and a really good quarterback at that on a team that's not, you know, a, a power, a power in college football and one that just sort of rotates guys in and out every single year. It, it can be trickier to replace than people think. Yeah, and as much as, you know, I don't even think it's, like, I think Tommy DeVito is probably going to put up better numbers than Dungy did. Um, yeah, because he did. I could see that. Yeah, because he's a more efficient quarterback. I mean, he, he completed, he didn't have a great game, yet still had 330 yards, three touchdowns, and completed 71% of his passes on Saturday. It's like all makes no sense when you look at like the box score, right? But I, I yeah, think he had a bad pick, yeah. yeah but that was about it. I mean, his line was much better than than the uh, Liberty game for sure. Oh yeah, and like you look at like most of Dungy's box scores, like they don't <laughs> really look as good as that did. <laughs> like, listen, Dungy was art. Like he, he was. was just, it was like art watching him play football. It was not. It, he he was not to be quantified in a box score format. Well, and, and that's the thing. I think that's what, what fans are kind of trying to reckon with now is like, you know, I, I said during the game, like Tommy DeVito does a better job of avoiding pressure than Dungy does. The problem is he doesn't know what to do once he does. Right. Eric Dungy, like Eric Dungy needed the pressure in order to do the things that he did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like he needed things to be bad. And yeah, he's like a gremlin. Like he needed to like, you know, get him wet, like heat him up and then... <laughs> Oh, I, I miss him already a little bit. What does this mean for Clemson? I mean, I, I don't want to look too far ahead. This isn't just, a, I don't want to break it down or anything, but look, Syracuse has been the only team in the league really um, other that, well, really the only team in the league that has given Clemson problems consistently in the last few years or beaten them. And so what, what does this mean for that game? Like, are we, do you think we're going to get Another close one of these is Syracuse. Did Syracuse take a huge hit to their confidence? Like, does this mean anything at all for Clemson or not? I I know Dino is trying to avoid doing too much on offense before the Clemson game because he didn't want to let the cat sure. out of the bag. Like, at the same time, I don't think we're going to be able to fix absolutely everything. I think the offense, though, is going to be less of a concern. I think DeVito obviously even improve, has improved game over game and within a game. Um, as he did last week. I think the problem is going to be the linebackers can't stop the run. Um, McKinley Williams, our best run stopper, has been out the first two games. And if he's not back and the linebackers don't suddenly become five-star prospects, um, they're just going to do the same thing Maryland did. I mean, they don't have the mo- the mobility when Trevor Lawrence that Josh Jackson has with, with Maryland. But uh, Travis Etienne is one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the, in the country. And 
they're just going to pound us with him. And then when we get so concerned about that, that we stack the box, Trevor Lawrence is just going to eat us alive in the, over the middle. So I don't see us losing by 43 just right. because it's our first, first home game of the year. There should be a lot of, I think there's going to be a lot of hype. It's going to be a pretty full dome, if not completely sold out. It sh- well, it is sold out, but now fans started jumping ship after this. Um, I, I still see us probably losing by 20. Yeah. And, and it's interesting. And that gets us to Clemson as we keep going around the league since, you know, we already mentioned them. I, that game actually played out like I thought it would. I know that national pundits were talking about, ooh, Clemson's on upset alert and look at Kellen Mond. But so much went right in that game for A&M last year. And it was kind of fluky the way he was like actually better under pressure than he was not under pressure. And I knew Clemson would be mad at the way he performed against them and want to get a little bit of revenge. So it really that one kind of played out the way I thought it would. And, and Clemson is every bit as good, I think, as we thought they were going to be yet again. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think Clemson, like, while, you know, they they may not be recruiting. I mean, they're still recruiting at a top 10 level, maybe in top five most years. But, like, they're not recruiting at the Alabama-Georgia level. Right, so It doesn't really no. matter because you just look at just what Dabo's been able to build there. And, like, realistically, last year, like, Trevor Lawrence was not, this good during the AM game. He also wasn't the starter in the AM game. Like, so you have to account for him now in this matchup, the fact that they were at home, the fact that Jimbo just can't seem to be, get, he just can't seem to beat Dabo of late. Um, I, I think that, you know, Clemson's kind of starting to adopt that like Alabama type, like workman efficiency, where just like, all right, just get out and get the win because what really matters is the playoff. Type. What did that what did that anonymous coach say? What do you call him like a war machine or something yeah. in the in the Athlon previews? <laughs> Not inaccurate. I I, I th- yeah, at this point, like and given what the ACC schedule looks like, I don't know why you'd over like exude yourself if you don't have to. No, that's a good point. That's a good way. But yeah, I, th- I thought that was pretty impressive performance by Clemson. The, I don't know that there were a whole ton of noteworthy results in I, I thought Virginia was good on them for taking care of business over William and Mary. Um, the 52-17, they looked pretty good. Uh, they did slide into the rankings this week, I believe. Finally, I've been ranking. The, I've been ranking both them and Syracuse all season. Obviously, Syracuse uh, slid right out of my rankings this week, but Fair Virginia, <laughs> yeah, sorry, Virginia finally makes it in. Um, I thought that was well deserved because they brought back a lot, but yeah, they looked pretty good. Uh, also on Friday night, Wake Forest, man. See, now I'm I'm already kind of getting excited for what will be like take the the take the over game of next week uh, as Wake hosts North Carolina in a non-conference game don't even get me started on the weirdness of that whole thing but whatever (laughs) in a non-conference game uh, two undefeated teams that have shown themselves plenty capable I think of of scoring and have pretty good quarterback play so far that one I'm I'm kind of excited to see because uh, Wake has looked offensively has looked really really good yeah Jamie Newman's looked really good I think we saw some flashes last year of what he could do he's been super accurate this year too Um, obviously it's just Rice but at the same time like he did let up 21 points to Rice yeah. Um, so I, I think people were a little concerned about this Wake defense, and I think it's warranted. Um, we'll see what happens against North Carolina. I think that'll be a better test uh, compared to what we've seen so far as to like what they're going to give up uh, per game this year. I'm going to be like disappointed if that if that doesn't hit like the the over under is probably going to be in the high 60s, right? I'll be disappointed if it doesn't go over like literally whatever the mark is because I think it totally could. I haven't seen what the over under is yet. I, I know last seen year yet either. No, last year, though, like the game between us and Florida State going in, everyone was like, oh, like, you know, pound the over. That's true. <laughs> and, and like and then it was like a 30 to three game and it was miserable. So, I mean, it could happen. But uh, yeah, I, I, I hit the over on here. 
Yeah, and in the in the nothing to see here department, really, NC State takes care of Western Carolina after a very sleepy start. I covered that. Oh, hello. I got an email alert. I'm gonna have to go to do not disturb. So sorry. Uh, but yeah, I um <laughs> I got, you know, I think NC State had a sleepy start there. They end up winning pretty easily over Western Carolina. Um, but yeah, Western Carolina is very bad. And I was a little alarmed at first because yeah, it didn't look like they were gonna pull away as quickly as I thought. But they the defense did what it needed to do, the offense did what it needed to do. Nothing really to see there. Boston College takes care of Richmond. They continue to look pretty good on offense. Nothing really to take away from that. Took Duke a little bit of time to pull away from NCA and T. Uh, uh, I'm not going to put too much stock into that one way or the other. You go from playing Alabama. Alabama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is that. I, I, I still think their defense, like their starters on defense are really, really good, but they don't have any depth and their offense is going to be a question mark for me. Um, they took some time to get going. They ended up playing really well offensively, but they took a little bit of time to get going. So we'll see. Um, I'm not – look, I, I don't know what to make of Duke just yet. I actually feel like I, – I, I actually feel like legitimately I feel like I know better what to make of almost every other team, <laughs> like then in the Coastal even, than I do Duke. And that's – it's a weird – it's a weirdly disconcerting thing, but – yeah, I don't really understand. I don't know what to make of Duke just yet. It's hard to, like you said, they go from playing Alabama to A and T. So, you know, I, <laughs> your guess is as good as mine, right? Like, I have no idea. I mean, I picked Duke to upset us. Like, even in the preseason, I picked Duke really to upset us later in the year. Really, I just huh. felt like the. I just felt like it was going to be one of those spots where, like, SU, like if SU was actually having the season that a lot of people thought, like SU be feeling themselves a little too much, um, looking ahead to like you know a potential Orange Bowl bid. Interesting. Yeah, and then get tripped up. I mean, like I said, Duke has a really good defense. I know they have don't have a ton of depth, but like you know, that defense can that defense could potentially you know catch a first year starter and potential and dealing with some injuries maybe by that point in the season, right. like catch them looking a little bit. But I mean, now I, I think it's a little more likely than, than even I thought earlier in the year. Also, it's worth it's worth noting though that like Duke for whatever reason, and this is a whole other topic, but like Duke does not play as as well at home as they do on the road, which makes I realize like next to no sense. But that's just been Duke lately, where they just don't they don't play as well at home for whatever reason as they do on the road. So I actually have kind of like bookmarked that as a potential loss because I don't know that I like that one, but we'll see. It'll be interesting. I mean, they've they haven't played in a while, right? It's been a little bit. Uh, we played the second year in the ACC, so 2014. Yeah, it's been a few years, so the I'll usual, be curious. You know, yeah. division split where you're basically in different conferences. See, and like I get why people make fun of like the Wake UNC thing being non-conference, but I think it's I think it's good. Like I'd rather see that than the alternative. You know, than that they don't play each other at all. So I'm, I'm I don't mind it. I know that it's weird and it makes no sense, but <laughs> I really don't mind it at all. So. Um, yeah, like it's just, so we don't know what to make of Duke. Really, it really doesn't matter. They they won. They took care of business. Um, East and Louisville continues to look pretty good under Scott Satterfield. I thought that was at least newsworthy to mention because, like, I, I think we were all impressed with how they looked against Notre Dame. Forty two nothing against Eastern Kentucky. Yes, it's Eastern Kentucky, but um, other than the highlight of the game being the Eastern Kentucky players doing the Ladybirds dance moves in a huddle late in the game, like there's really nothing to see here. And I don't know that we would have said that about Louisville last year playing almost anyone, even an FCS team. So I continue to be impressed with Scott Satterfield. Yeah, they looked rough in the FCS game last year. So <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like this is like Indiana State, maybe, and I think they only won by like fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> But this, uh, yeah, this team looks, I mean, it couldn't have looked worse. 
but this team looks better on both sides of the ball. Um, I think that they could be a five-ish win team, maybe six, depending on like how that like middle tier of the Atlantic uh, looks by the time they play Louisville. Uh-huh. I, 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 I mean, the talent level's not the talent level's better than than what Syracuse has. It's largely better than like what Wake has, but it's not. It's you know, it, it's still a top forty-five-ish team. Um, in, in terms of what's on the roster. So you know, the fact that Satterfield's such a good coach um, and he's been able to kind of hit the ground running there isn't necessarily all that surprising. Yeah, and obviously it shows a lot about Petrino as well and how much they hated him, which, well, you know. It means not very, he's very easy to hate. That's very, very true. Um, so, yeah, that, that, was, that was worth noting, I thought, even though it was an FCS game. Georgia Tech. Before we get into like the meh division of results here, I do not think this is a meh result at all. Um, I was not expecting to see Georgia Tech win a game for a little while. It was pretty ugly, but I mean, they'll take it. I, I was I was impressed that they were able that they were able to win. Like I, I I was surprised. I know it's been a rough time for Charlie Strong and whatever at South Florida, but I still did not think that they were going to win that that they were going to win that game. I really didn't. I mean. Tech manages to win like one game they definitely should shouldn't have pretty much every year. Yeah, uh, I, TBD if this is that one. That's true. That's a good point. But it's like I just yeah, it, it was too early for them to, in my opinion, to win a game. And then they're coming off, you know, they're coming off playing Clemson, and you're like, okay, where are they going to be at confidence wise? But I mean, it seemed to. I'm impressed. I'm impressed early on. I, I thought that this would be one of those teams that people in the coastal would be able to beat, and that would that would be like their sure win of the year. That's not um, a coastal thing. <laughs> that's true. You make a good counter argument, but I was like, wow, this will be the year where there's like actually a team because you're right. That's not a coastal thing. Like everybody in the coastal can beat everybody else in the coastal, pretty much. And but I thought that would be the exception this year with them rebuilding their offense. I don't know that it's going to be. I especially later in the year. Like I think the later it gets, the less you want to play them. Honestly, I think that team might be Pitt this year. It's the uh, the the coastal team that you're probably going to get a win against. Is I, I just feel like. You know, last year they caught lightning in a bottle, but also had like two thousand yard rushers. And I don't, I still don't believe in Kenny Pickett as a Syracuse fan. No. I just inherently don't like Pitt. But <laughs> I, I, I just, I just, I don't think that Narduzzi's impressed. And I think this is the year that that like finally kind of comes to roost a little bit. Yeah, I'm. That gets us to Pitt. Actually, I would, I would put Pitt's result in like the meh pile in terms of like, okay, you beat Ohio by ten, you didn't lose to them, so congrats? Question mark. But um, and the defense actually has looked okay through two weeks. Um, I feel like that's about to change this weekend when they play Penn State. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not a believer in Kenny Pickett. They haven't really had anybody else emerge that can run the ball all that reliably. And um, yeah, I do. I feel like Pitt is is due for a little bit of a drop back to earth here. But uh, is that your is that the ACC rival? Like, do you think that's the closest thing for y'all? Um, I mean, BC is our rival. What really? I mean, there's like they were our rival <laughs> for years back in the, like because we had. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, for, for a very long time, like us, Penn State, Pitt, and West Virginia, like had like kind of a quote unquote like big fourth situation where mm-hmm. like we'd all face each other in most sports, but especially football. And like BC was involved in that sometimes too. Like we faced them for a very long time, and like they're I mean the closest to us in proximity in terms of miles. Like us and Pitt have always said like in basketball and football, like we don't really we we just had bigger both of us had bigger fish to fry at all times. Because, okay. like, both of us consider West Virginia a bigger rival in football than each other. 
Like they also have like Penn State. They also have potentially Maryland. I don't know. Like, oh, it's, interesting. It's, okay. it's it's always been this weird thing where like we're never each other's top rival, and we just don't like we don't hate each other. We just don't care about one another. We don't want each other to do well. So it's kind of like oh, you again. Yeah, it's probably like UNC Wake Forest. I don't know. <laughs> there, yeah, no, that's okay. That's probably about right. Yeah, it's like, oh, you guys again. Great. I guess we dislike you. Don't well, you? Well, yeah. And then like, you know, it just becomes this like thing that like eight, the ACC forced on us where it's like, oh, we have to cross over with you guys every year. Like, well, we'd rather face Miami because of recruiting and also because we had some good games with Miami back when we were in the Big East and Virginia Tech, who we had great games with back uh-huh. when we were in the Big East. Like, I think for most of us, yeah, we'd rather face them. And like, that's the ACC is not realigning divisions anytime soon. So chances are we're, we're going to be facing Pitt for eternity. No, they're not. And I guess uh, one school is doing their part to uh, they're doing their damnedest to ensure that the Atlantic division stays just as meh outside of Clemson as the coastal. And that's Florida State. Oh, Seven boy. Hours. And, I, and I, I bring up Florida State to, to um, make you feel a little better. I hope I hope that that uh, I hope that watching the end of that game gave every Syracuse fan a little bit of a warm feeling inside on, on what was a cold, cold day, because I know. Oh my gosh, 45-44 over ULM. They only win um, after one overtime because ULM misses an extra point. And wow. You know what? It's funny. I was in the press box before Carolina-Miami at this point, right? Like when this game's on TV and a Carolina staffer, uh, Florida State's up 24-7 at half. It wasn't a Carolina staffer. It was another media member. It wasn't a Carolina staffer, but uh, it was a media member. I forget who it was actually that joked. They were like, oh, (laughs) well, uh, ULM's got Florida State right where they want them because Florida State was up 24-7 at half. Mm -hmm. And uh, (laughs) I was like, yeah, right, okay. (laughs) And lo and behold, they sure did. Wow. And just a complete and utter collapse. By Florida State again after holding a big halftime lead against a G5 team. And this G5 team is not Boise. Like, Boise is good. Right. This team is not good. I just, oh, man. I don't know a way out here for Florida State. I really don't. Well, Florida State's going to learn how to hydrate, apparently. And, uh, <laughs> and Willie and, Taggart. And, and Willie Taggart is, uh, is now coaching <sighs> for his job, I think, for the rest of this year. Because, like, if ULM had gone for two, like most people would do in that situation <laughs> and beat them, um, he might have been run out of town this weekend. Uh, this was rough. I I mean, at least the offense is working, so I feel like they're not going to completely squander Cam Akers' career. <laughs> Poor Cam Akers. He's oh, so my good. gosh. He literally won that game for them. Like, yeah. they don't win the game without him. He was so, so good, and I just... You like you said, yeah, we're not going to get the full Acres experience, honestly. Like what could have been with a competent offensive line. He had 193 yards, two touchdowns, 55 yards receiving, and another touchdown. That dude is everything, and I love him, and he deserves better. Um, but like you said, they do seem to have like a functional offense, so there's that. Um, but they just they continue to be so mentally fragile. I don't. I'll be honest with you, and I'm not trying to be too dramatic when I say this. I don't know that he makes it through the year if it keeps up like this. Willie Taggart. No, I, I, I'm going to pull up the schedule very quick. And I know this makes ter- terrible radio. No, no, please do. But uh, yeah, so at UVA, nope. Uh, Louisville, suddenly dicey. NC State. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, at Clemson, at Wake, Syracuse, Miami, at BC. Like there isn't a, this, this schedule There's doesn't no sure win. 
This doesn't give up until they face is it Alabama State or Alcorn State in that last game. Alabama State. Okay, so the second to last game they had Alabama State, but like realistically, this oh. thing does not let up for the rest of the season. <laughs> this could go very, very wrong, and I don't think. I think if they lose, to, I, to be honest, I feel like if they lose to Q's and 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 they struggle up until then, like they could be looking at like, you know, what is that one? Two. I mean, that's, that's the eighth game. If they're three and five after eight, he's done. It's yeah. It's it, I I think I don't know that he lasts through the year at this point. It's just I don't think he's a bad coach. Like I know some people do. I just don't know that it has been a good fit at all. Um, and he continuously has just stepped in it every which way <laughs> and made the wrong decision. Um, people forget it, how bad USF started though. I mean, like I, I'm yeah. not. I don't think it's going to work out here. But like USF, like first two years, like he was on up. He was on like he was going to get fired until he managed to beat Syracuse down in Tampa. <laughs> And then suddenly everything turned around. That season turned around. His tenure turned around. Like we, we, we like we never got to see the bottom drop out at Oregon because he was only there for a year. Like right. this is and, and like at the beginning of Western Kentucky, I believe he struggled too. Like this is this could be par for the Willie Taggart course. I just feel like Willie has the additional stresses of having to quickly scramble and make things look passable right now. And that's not something at the other jobs that like he had to do. They were like, all right, you're gonna. Yeah, they gave him, he had more patience. He had more time. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have that benefit here at all. No. And I think that's something like he probably should have, I mean, the null should have considered, but he should have too before he took the job. Yes. I was, well, and he should have considered before he went in front of the media and was all like, oh yeah, we're going to still be pretty good. Uh, Maybe, you know, tamp that down a little bit, dude. Like don't be. Buy an offensive line? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like where did you, yeah. Did you find some linemen mysteriously that Jimbo, uh, that Jimbo hid under a rock or something that he wasn't using. Cause yeah, that line was a disaster, but uh, so that's Florida state and it's, it's, it's a tire fire. Um, there's another team from Florida though, to kind of cap us off here that I don't, uh, well, we did, we know Virginia tech. I didn't mention them beating ODU. Um, again, accomplishments. I'm, you know what? Yeah. We all have to have something. We all have to have something, right? It was a win. One game it, winning streak over the Monarchs. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, you take back that state, Hokies. You take it back. Oh boy, yeah, that didn't play out. Even that game left Hokies fans feeling a little grumpy. I get it. Um, it was a little closer than the final would indicate because um, it was like a seven point game in the fourth. But I, you know, it is. That's another school that I'm not sure has the best fit right now. But we'll see. I don't think we learned anything based on the way they looked against Old Dominion, except they won the game and. That's it. And the quarterback got pulled. That's it. I think that's all we know. Um, <laughs> uh, I still think they will be a factor in the Coastal somehow, mostly because of their schedule, but we'll see. Um, Miami at North Carolina, speaking of Florida teams that um, maybe people would think were on fire, but I don't think so. I, I really don't. We can get into this a little bit, but um, that was the nightcap. I was, I was at that game covering it. I didn't expect Carolina to win it. I did expect it to be a good game. Um, well, one of <laughs> one of those things happened, and uh, then then Carolina ends up winning it somehow. And you know, um, I, I don't, I still don't quite know what to make of North Carolina. Um, I did rank them this week, partially because, like, if you two P five wins, yeah. And I, look, not all P fives are created equally. I understand that, but it's not like they beat like Rutgers in Kansas. You know, <laughs> I mean, like they they beat two pretty functional, pretty talented P fives, um, and I. I, you know, I, there are teams that have better individual wins than North Carolina, you know, like Clemson's win over A&M and Clemson has two P5 wins too. USC, I would 
throw Fresno in that almost P5, you know, kind of category, then they crush Stanford. Like, that's pretty good. Uh, Hawaii is the top of the Pac-12 standings right now with their two (laughs) Pac-12 wins. Um, But like, you know, I I didn't, it's not like I'm putting Carolina in the college football playoff or anything, but I put them in the low 20s. And it seems crazy based on where I thought they'd be at the beginning of the year, but it also seems accurate right now. And I don't really know how to come to grips with that reality. I don't know what it's going to mean later. You know, like, I don't know where they're going to be down the road, but I think I think I saw you tweet this though, John. Like, are they the best team in the coastal? Yeah, probably not. But at the probably same time, probably not. <laughs> I mean, I, I I wish we were living in the reality that Syracuse fans wanted here, which was right. when he was going to hire Greg Robinson as a defense coordinator, and then we would just get to make jokes uh, for years on end and, and cover <laughs> UNC football in a concerted way. Um, Max, like, I mean, Max is doing exactly what he was hired to do. He wasn't hired to potentially like contend for national title. He was, mm-hmm. he was hired to fix the house, um, bring some professionalism, I guess, back to like the proceedings, you know, get, 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 end the war on football. I was going to say. <laughs> all, all, all these things. And not like, say things like that. Yeah, yeah, you know, not be a dumbass. And, and then <laughs> proceed to, and then like at, at least make it look, I mean, look at the recruiting right now. Like I know that, you know, September recruiting rankings aren't the end all be all, but He's, he's clearly taking advantage of what UNC has had at their disposal for so long in terms of in-state talent, in terms of access to the rest of the talent in the Southeast. Like UNC, I mean, I know everyone in ACC country knows this for years because it's always been this joke that like UNC is a sleeping giant. Like right. Mac, Mac isn't going to, to cash in on that, but he could keep them respectable enough so that when the, the hot, that when he retires and the hot coaching prospect is, is, sitting out there when when that happens that they're like you know what unc has great bones like you know it's it basically like home buying great bones right. it's like a tear like, down yeah yeah yeah. Well, this, yeah this is this is great We're bones just... <laughs> great street great schools like maybe a new coat of paint in the kitchen fix the countertops and we're good get modern like, appliances exactly right yeah, yeah i mean like yeah mac is not going to run a modern program necessarily but he hired he's trying it's he hired weird. really weird. good assistance too though like yeah he understood his he understood what he couldn't do and and addressed it with his his uh, assistant hires which i think is what you would expect most good coaches to do yeah i mean my I mean, my, my biggest, biggest my question going into this was would he delegate to those assistants and it properly and just sort of let them do their thing and, and so far he really has so i i was very dubious of this hire i thought it was a bad idea um it appears early on that I was wrong. Um, we'll see going forward. But yeah, and I, I, I do have to at least mention uh, this week, this might be a regular thing, like this week in Mac Brownshade, um, because after the Miami game, he, <laughs> he said, uh, you know, Miami has a reputation, had a reputation as one of those teams that, you, you know, you hit them in the mouth and you get them down and, and they just roll over. And I'm like, my goodness, Mark Richt, I wonder if he's watching this on the ACC network going, hey, what did I do to you? Like, what's your problem? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Matt, you know what? Matt probably assembled a lot of notes in his days in the media. He, he, he's just been ready to unload the cannon. And, and, and now he's now he's got his chance. He's really good at this, though. Like, he, he will say something that you go like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And then you think about it for a minute. And like, it doesn't sound mean. And you think about it. And you're like, whoa, that was actually, like, mildly spicy of a thing to say about another program. But yeah, I mean, I, he's he's sticking up for his guy, Manny Diaz, because he said, like, Manny's the right guy here. And I think he's right. Um, like, like, UNC looked good because they have good quarterback play. You know, they're playing competently, everything else, you know, like we talked about. But 
I really like Miami's quarterback. And I think that they're going to win games this year that they would not have won last year because they didn't have a quarterback. Jaron Williams, I thought, played really, really well, too. And their defense is still really talented. And I mean, look, they were a Bubba Baxa missed field goal away from sending it to overtime and maybe winning. So I don't I don't think this means anything is is wrong in Miami. They've played Florida and Carolina in the first two games. Uh, We'll see on like crisis mode in Miami. I think that they're going to be okay. Yeah, and I mean, this is the same issue that, like, in, in some ways, that like Syracuse had of the like yeah well, the scheduling you, thing. Yeah, the scheduling thing. If you open two straight games away from home, like, well, you have a bunch of young players. What the hell do you expect? Like, I mean, and, and obviously Miami, you know, has played those games closer than Syracuse did in both of those. But I, I think they're going to be fine. I mean, these next two games, they'll be able to get their heads on straight with the uh, Kukeman and uh, Central Michigan. So. They'll be all right. They'll get another buy in there before they get Virginia Tech and Virginia, which that two-game stretch could end up deciding the Coastal um, for all we know. But yeah, I think Miami's fine. So we'll wrap it up on this. But for a hot minute after you know Syracuse was in the middle of getting destroyed, there was talk about, oh my gosh, this is like such a bad week in the ACC and, and everything's in crisis mode. I tended to think Virginia was going to slide into the rankings, which they did. Not the end of the world. Um, there's been talk that like, the, the ACC only having one other ranked team besides Clemson was this big, big deal. I've maintained that I think sev- like more than that will be ranked at the end of the year. How many ACC teams do you think by the end of the year will be in the top 25? Mm. Uh, it's a tough I one, think, right? I think it might be three. I think Clemson is the obvious one. I think whoever yeah. wins the Coastal probably wins nine games. So that's two. And then it really just depends on whether or not there's like a logjam at half the coastal or if Syracuse or like Wake Forest or NC State like finds yeah. a way to win nine games. Like that's really the that that's really the wild card. I don't I don't think the conference is in crisis, obviously, based on just like all the off the field stuff with the network and all the on the field stuff with continuing to make the playoff and make a lot of money. Um, at the same time, like it would probably behoove everybody to like close some of that gap and like but that's where the ACC is kind of different than a lot of other leagues where you know it really is dependent on Miami Florida State Virginia Tech in particular maybe Georgia Tech too to close that gap more than the more than everybody else just because they are the clearly football first schools that were like specifically brought in for the most part to do that yeah no that's a good point I'm, I'm with you I don't think it's the end of the world they haven't lost any FCS or anything like that and it's you know it's gonna be a little bit of a rebuilding year across the league but as long as Clemson is Clemson, I think that's all the ACC really has to worry about. So, exactly. um, and sadly, that might come at your uh, your Orange's expense uh, I mean, next week. Yeah, <laughs> probably. And if it doesn't, then you know, then nothing makes sense. And <laughs> and and his team that lost by forty three will have an inside track at a playoff spot. I mean, whatever. I was going to say, yeah. If it doesn't, then that means Syracuse continues to work to sabotage the ACC. Us, 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 awful Northerners just come in and just wreck the place. <laughs> it's the Jim Beheim plan. I, I think that Jim Beheim is going to retire and then open seventeen Denny's in uh, Central New York just to prove a point. He's going to retire? Huh? Weird. He's not going to retire. No, he's never going to retire. Never going to happen. The guy. I mean, not that I want this to happen. But that guy's going right. to die on the sidelines. Oh my God! Don't say I that. I mean, like, I don't want it to happen, but, like, it's not going to be this year, but, like, at some point in the next, like, 20 years, like, I wouldn't doubt it. I don't think he knows how to play. I don't think he knows how to do anything but coach basketball. 
that's that's a good point. I I really can't argue with it either. Oh, man. All right, John. Thanks so much for joining me. I know it's really early your time. Appreciate it. And uh, sorry about the orange. Happens. Thanks, Lauren. See y'all later in the week.